We have the privilege of having Brother Barry. I consider him a friend and a dear brother uh, that's going to share the gospel today. And uh, you're going to play something first, Barry? No. Nope. Okay, nope. I'd like to pray for you, Barry, if Go you ahead. don't mind. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, you guys can put your hands out towards Barry. It's, a, it's an important job ministering, sharing the word of God uh, to a group of people, the saints. And I believe the Lord has given Barry a, a message for us. But we want to just pray for our brother, Heavenly Father. Pray for Brother Barry as he ministers your word, God. And we just pray that your anointing rests mightily upon him, that he can share the words of life that you would have for us to hear today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Scotty, you want to grab that mic stand for this stand for? Well, buckle your seatbelts. We're going to fly high. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, They overcame by and and You know, this is going to be a kind of a testimony sort of a message. Um, I'm going to be sharing some things out of my own life and out of the lives of some other people that I've known. Because we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. Your testimony is important. And I'm going to ask right at the start here, as I'm sharing, you're going to pick up on a theme. And I'm going to say something that will trigger an event in your life that you could testify to concerning where God intervened in your life in a particular way, and I'm talking especially in the area of provision. And if that pops into your head, I want you to come sit up here, and that'll let me know that you're, you've got something to share, and then we'll give you that opportunity. I'm only going to ask you to share one sentence. Everybody say that. <laughs> one sentence just to give us a teaser and make it a good sentence so that people can come up with you afterward and say, I want to hear more. Because that's what the testimonies I'm going to be sharing about today. I could talk for hours on each one of them. They're that exciting and they're that detailed. But I'm going to restrain myself. I was in the Air Force for 13, just under 13 years. And I only realized this about two years ago. After I got out of the Air Force, God had stripped me of everything to the point where I was homeless, jobless, and penniless. And it never bothered me. I never even thought about it. Hey, dude, you're homeless. You're living out of a station wagon. But that was a reality. I'm thinking back on it now. I was homeless. I was having a blast. I didn't know that was a bad thing. Since then, since I got saved, we have owned 12 houses. The one I live in now is mortgage-free. I don't owe anything on my house. I've owned 18 cars since 1976. Five of them were given to me. 
Eight of them, I gave away. Seven of them ended up in the junkyard. I wore them out. That's right. And two of them, I still have. God gave me. I never had a car payment. Say that after me. I never had a car payment. And you shouldn't either. If you're doing things God's way, He'll bless you. Car payments are bad news. Mortgages are bad news. You'll pay two or three times the price that you thought you were paying for your house or for your car. It's called interest. Everybody say interest. Interesting stuff. Interest. The mortgage companies know how interesting it is. The credit card companies know how interesting it is. They'll offer you credit card after credit card after credit card. You say, oh, 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 another credit card that I can max out. And all you have to do is make the minimum payment, which is interest. You still owe for everything you bought, but you're paying interest. Oh, during my lifetime, I've been to Israel twice, Haiti, Honduras, China, and the Arctic and they didn't pay for any of those trips. God gave them to me. I'm bragging on Jesus today, folks. He said, oh, Barry did this, Barry did that. No, Barry didn't do anything. God did it to me and through me. And he'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you. Today, we're going to talk Christianity 101. You know what that means when you go to college? 101, that's the basic course that you're going to take. This is Christianity 101 this morning. It starts with, God loves me. Oh, yeah, right. I know that. Do you really? Do you really get it? God wants to bless me. Say it. God wants to bless me. Say it again. You believe it? Say it again. All of God's ways are counterintuitive. You understand what that means? It doesn't make sense to our minds. All of God's ways are faith. Faith. We serve God by faith in every area of our lives. It goes against the mental. You know, when I uh, had an audit on my IRS account one year, and the, uh, the guy said, this doesn't make sense. You gave away more money this year than you made. I said, isn't that cool? <laughs> and he just walked away scratching his head. He couldn't figure it out. But I had all the receipts. It was legit. But he didn't get it. That's okay. The Christian life is an easy life in that we don't have to figure out what to do. Just read the instruction manual, the operator's manual, the uh, manufacturer's handbook. Just read it and then do it. Everybody say do it. Do it, read it, and do it. So the Christian life is extremely easy 
from that standpoint, but it's extremely difficult because it's telling me all the stuff I don't want to do. It goes against my flesh. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. But it works. It works beautifully. I want to look at Matthew 26. It's not on the, it's not on the highlight, uh, on the uh, thing, Haley, but Matthew 26. This is such an interesting account here. It says this, starting in verse 7. There came to Jesus a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment. And she poured it on his head as he sat at the meal. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, what's the purpose of this waste? This was expensive stuff. It was the equivalent of close to a year's wages, the value of this perfume. And she poured it on Jesus. And them sitting by said, that's expensive stuff. What are they wasting it on him for? When you get extravagant with God, you're not wasting it. You're not wasting it at all. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. You know who said that? Judas. Why did he say it? He was a thief and the treasurer. And when Jesus understood it, he said, Why do you trouble the woman? For she's wrought a good work upon me. You have the poor with you always, but you don't have me always. For in that she's poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wherever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial for her. So I just obeyed God by reminding you about a woman 2,000 years ago who poured perfume on Jesus. He says, you tell this every time you talk about my gospel. Well, we don't do that, do we? We don't mention that a whole lot. People don't want to hear that, actually. Giving all that valuable stuff away, they don't like It's counterintuitive. Everybody say counterintuitive. counterintuitive. What's that mean? Doesn't make sense. Counterintuitive. Law versus grace. Before I was saved, serving God was an obligatory duty, and it was painful, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it. But when I got saved, when I got born again, when I got converted, when I got regenerated, whatever word you want to use, something happened. Jesus came on the inside of me, and he lives in me now, and now I don't have to obey God. I want to. It's not an obligation. It's a joy. It's not a hardship. It's a pleasure. And so when we realize God loves us, God wants the best for us, if we have that understanding, if we really got it on the inside of us, all of this that's in this book will be just a joy, an absolute joy. Happiness, an unspeakable kind. Hallelujah. Anybody else got a problem like that? <laughs> yeah. 
Unspeakable joy. Way to go, Raymond. All right, Hallie, are you ready to go? Where'd my projectionist go? I don't have a projectionist. I'm in trouble. I'm not in trouble. We can make this happen. I want you to listen for a key word in the next four verses. First one is John 3.16. Say it with me. For God's world gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? The next one is James 1.17, which says, "Every read it with me, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. If you can switch this to King James, um, I'm more comfortable with that. Matthew 10, verse 1, read it with me. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Woohoo! John 14, 27. Read it with me. John 14, 27. We going to get it? We sang it. It says this. Peace give I to thee, not as the world gives, give I unto thee. Peace give I to thee. And the next one is, wait a second. Yeah, okay. And the next one is Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Is that going to come up? Yep. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What's the common word in all? What is it? I heard it. Say it louder. Give. Everybody say it. Give. God is a giving God. And if we are to reflect him, what ought we to be? Giving people. Right? Let's look at some verses. Acts 20. Verse 35, here it is, read it, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak, and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. What did he say? Again, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Do you believe that? Yeah. Setting you up. Warn you ahead of time. The next verse is Luke 6, 38. Read it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Some of you aren't reading out loud. You're missing out on a wonderful opportunity. Proverbs 19.17 says, read it with me, He that hath pity upon the poor 
lendeth unto the Lord. And that which he hath given, will he pay him again? Do you believe that? Three yeses. Three yeses. Ephesians 4.28, last verse. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that hath need. He's talking to a thief. He's saying, I want you to quit stealing and get a job. Not so that you can pay your bills, so that you can have stuff to give away. Give away? I don't want to give away. Are you, are you saved? I mean, you don't want to give away. God says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together and running over. Does that sound like a good deal? Give and it shall be given to you. How? Good measure. Every time I hear this verse, I think about raking leaves. I used to have a garbage can, you know. And you'd, so you grab the rake, you go, and whoa, it's full. But I just, oh, there's more room. Another, oh, it's full again. Nope. Another one, and then I'll stomp it down. Step right in there and stomp it down. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, running over. My cup is full and running over. <laughs> so, Lord, save me. I'm as happy as can be. My cup is full and running over. I hope you kids are listening to this message because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address you in a little bit. Did I give you Proverbs 3, Kelly? Go ahead, put it up there. You all know this one. We're going to go through t five verses. Let's read it together. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Keep ahead of me. And, and he shall direct thy path. Next verse. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Next verse. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to your bones. Next verse. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Next verse. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Do you believe that? Yeah. I'm setting you up. Just tell you ahead of time. Malachi 3.10. Did I give you that one, Hallie? Read it. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Do you believe that? And how many Christians are going around saying, I just can't seem to keep up. 
I just can't seem to keep up. I just never have enough money. My bills are more than the money. Oh, poor me. Oh, poor me. God says, oh, shut up and do what I'm telling you to do. God doesn't say, shut up, forgive me. Scratch that from the tape, from the videos, from all this. Scratch it, scratch it, scratch it. God didn't say that. <laughs> there are over 2,000 references in the Bible to financial matters. 2,000 references. It's the most referred to topic in the whole Bible. And Christians don't want to hear it. Why don't they want to hear it? Because they don't know God like they should know God. God loves you. God wants to bless you. God wants to prosper you. God wants to keep you healthy. God, everything God does is good. Oh. I was given a house. A 60000 Dollar, that—that's what was in it in materials. Labor was free, so probably worth over hundred thousand. I was given a house, but a month before I was given the house, I was told by God to give away a house—a five-bedroom, two living room, two-car garage, five acres of land house. And God said, give it away. Counterintuitive. I needed that house. I needed to sell that house. I needed the money that I would get from that house to build my own house. It was Sharon's house. It was in Canada. By the time the dust settled, if I would have sold the house in Canada rather than giving it away, I would have had $30,000 to work with. I had a family of five kids. You don't build a house for a family of five kids for $30,000. But I had a mortgage-free four-bedroom, living room downstairs, living room upstairs, fireplace, two-car garage, nice piece of property. God gave it to me. Oh, one of the neighbors came by and said, must be nice to be rich. <laughs> I said, if you knew my father, you could be rich too. He didn't get it. He did not get it. You know, God's giving laws, laws, apply to everybody. And he works on a percentage basis. A percentage basis. It's called a tithe. Everybody say tithe. You know what tithe means? 10%. That's the definition of the word. 10%. 10% of what? All your increase. We just read it. 10% of all your increase. Gross or net. How much blessing do you want? Gross. How much does Uncle Sam tax you on? The gross. People say, yeah, well, 
He takes all my taxes. You owe it to God first. God gets first fruits. Is that first fruits? First fruits come, uh, go to God. And by the way, just as a general uh, a thought for something for you to chew on, you ought to be giving more to God than you're paying in taxes, percentage-wise. I don't like that. I don't like that. I wish he'd quit that preaching. I don't like that. Everybody say, God loves me. God's got a wonderful plan for my life. I want you to imagine, if I were to, each one of you, I want you to picture this, if I were to come to you, call you into my office, sit you down, and you knew that I was a wealthy, wealthy man, and I said to you, here, it's a checkbook, and there's a starting balance of $1 million, and I want you to be my steward. Everybody say steward. That means it's not my money. Right? Got it? It's not my money. But my name's on the checkbook. And he says to me, I want you to pay all my bills. I want you to record all my deposits. If I tell you to do something with that money, I want you to do it. Just write out the check and do it. It's my money. It's not yours. But I'll tell you when I want to spend it and what I want to spend it for. And oh, by the way, if you have any needs along the way, if you'll let me know what they are, I'll be glad to help you out if, if it seems reasonable to me. But it's still his money. Say it's still his money. Say, I'm a steward. Are you? You have First Chronicles, Cassie, uh, 29, 14. Let's read this together. But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? For all things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee? You and I, if we understand who we are in Christ, do not own anything. We are stewards. What's the next verse? Deuteronomy 8, 18 says, read it, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. And we think, oh, I made this money. I worked hard. I saved. I invested. I, I, I. And God says, no, I gave it to you. I gave you the power. I gave the ability. I gave you the strength. I gave you the brains, whatever it is. I gave you the health. But everything you have comes from me. So when we're giving in an offering or tithe or whatever it is, it's his. And we're just giving it back to him, a portion of it. And, oh, I hope I can get to this verse. Oh, yeah, here it comes, 2 Corinthians 9. There's, there's four verses together. Keep up with me, Hallie. Ready? Read. But this I spake. 
He which sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Do you believe that? What's the rest of it say? And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know, there are people, when it comes time for the offering, you go, oh, man. And they pull out a dollar bill like they're doing God some big favor. God said, 10% is mine. doesn't even belong to you. Just like Uncle Sam says, that's mine. It's more God's than it is Uncle Sam's, folks. If you know who God is, if you really know who he is. Go back to the other one, the previous verse. I want to see that again. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful. Offering time should be the happiest time of the service. Oh, we're going to take the offering. Woohoo! Yeah, bring it on. Because I know that God is going to bless me. He's not taking something from me. First of all, it's not even mine, the tithe. It belongs to him. People say, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. I don't have any money. I don't have any money left to pay my bills. I can't afford to tithe. The reason you don't have any money to pay your bills is because you're not tithing. Well, I got to pay my electric bill. Okay, go ahead. Pay your electric bill. And is the guy behind the counter going to say, oh, thank you very much for paying your electric bill. Let me get your gas bill for you. Let me pay your insurance on your car. Is the electric company guy going to say that? Who will? God will. God says, give me the first fruits. Oh, man. I got so much I want to tell you. I was living on $500 a week in my impoverished condition, and I owed $650 a month. Excuse me. $500 a month, and I owed $650. And I paid it every month. And I would love to give you the details, but time does not permit. But it happened. Okay, next verse. Read it with me. And God is able to make all. You know, I want you to, I want you to read this thing from here, would you? God is able to get. No, 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 no. Come on. You on board? Ready. And God is able to make all grace abound toward me that I always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God wants us to be givers. He wants us to bless others. Is there another verse? As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Next one. There's one more. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. What's that talking about? Who ministers seed to the sower? We're the sower. Who gives us the seed? God gives us the seed. And he says, here's some seed. 
I got two choices. I can eat the seed and hoard the rest of it, or I can eat some and plant some. What if I got 10 acres of, of property and I plant 10 square feet? He that soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. So at the end of the, when the harvest has come up, you look at your 10 acres and say, man, that's all I got? That's all you planted. <laughs> I hope you're getting this. Money is like a seed. It acts like a seed. And the more you give away, the more you're going to get back. Everybody say counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense, but it works. I'm living proof that it works, and there's nothing special about me. Believe me, there's nothing special about me except the fact that I got to a place in life where I knew I could believe every word in this book. And if you don't know what's in the book, you're cheating yourself. You are, you are shortchanging yourself something terrible. Philippians 4, 11 through 19. I'm having so much fun. Read with me. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again to my necessity. Not because, read this with me, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I wish every Christian understood that verse. You hear a minister on television, and he's saying, you know what? It's not that I want your money. I mean, the good ones, the righteous ones, the honest ones, there are some crooks, semi-crooks, questionable. But the guy whose heart is right says, you know what? I'm not asking this for me. I'm asking it for you. Because I know that God's going to bless you back. I had a missionary friend who went down to Mexico, and he was in the poor, 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 poor parts of the country. And he was teaching on giving. And at the end, he took an offering from these poor, 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 poor people. And some guy says, why are you ripping these people off? You come here. You're an American. You got all kinds of money. And you're going down there and taking. He said, I take their money and go to the next church and give it to that pastor. I'm not taking this money for themselves. But these people need to learn how to give. And folks, 
This whole giving thing, even the tithe. Say, I can't tithe. If you get a dollar, you can give a dime. It's awful quiet in here. If you get $10, you can give a dollar. If you get 100 you can give 10 If you get 1000 you can give 100 If you get 10000 a week, you can give 1000 If you're making 100000 a week, you can give 10000 But it works counterintuitive. If you're not counterintuitive, if you don't get it, you can be on the poor end of the stick and say, I can't afford it. You can be on a high, 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 high end, and I'm not giving all my money to God. It's not your money. And God gave you the power to get that money. I met a guy in, in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Eight of us sitting around a table, full gospel businessman's breakfast. He was sitting next to me. He said, a year ago, I had a personal net worth of $5 million. I'm thinking, ooh, this feels good. He says, now I'm in the red 500 or 50,000. I forget what it was. I'm 50,000 in the hole. I said, what's with that? He said, God took it. I said, God took it. What are you talking about? He said, I was a prosperous, successful, honest businessman. We did sewer installations in cities. That was my job. I was a construction type of person. I was doing very well. He says, for, for something to do on a Saturday, I'd throw my dirt bike into the back of my airplane, fly to the Bermuda, putz around on the dirt trails, have lunch, and come back. That was my afternoon activity. He says, and one day, I lost it all. I said, well, well what happened? He says, well, somebody told me coal mines were a good investment, so I stuck a bunch of money in coal mines, and they all went belly up, and I was over, you know, whatever you call it. He says, they started coming and repossessing everything I had. There went my airplane, there went this, there went that. And I said, well, what do you mean? Why, why did God take it? He says, because I wasn't tithing. It's my money. Say, God is counterintuitive. He thought it was his money. And so he just hung on to it and threw a dollar in the offering plate once in a while. Or the equivalent. Remember Jesus talked about those people? He was watching an offering being taken one time, remember? And all these people are coming and throwing in $100 bills, $1,000 bills, and the disciples are sitting there, whoa, 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 did you see that one? And Jesus says, did you see that last one? What? Did you see that? That old lady? Yeah, that old lady. She always stuck two coins in the thing. And Jesus said, yeah, she gave more than all the rest of them combined. You know, when you're worth a million dollars, to throw a thousand dollars in an offering really doesn't, you don't feel it. And that makes sense to you, but it's the truth. You don't feel it. Jesus said, you know, there may come times when I want you to feel it. I was penniless 
and I was homeless, and all I had was a car. And I went to a banquet, and at the banquet, God told me to pledge $10,000 over the next 12 months. What would you do? I did it, and 12 months later, it was paid off. How much was I making a month? Anybody remember? Thank you, Kevin. I was making $500 a month. I didn't do it. <laughs> Woody Clark wrote a book, Don't Blame Me. I didn't do it. God did. Did I give you Exodus 36? Five and six. Moses had a problem. Moses had a problem. Here's his problem coming up on the screen. And they spoke unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing. This is Old Testament. This is Old Testament. Okay. I'm going to give you two challenges. Nobody's taken records on any of this. I didn't talk to Pastor Tim about this. It's just I want you to process up here. No, 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 no. I want you to process right here. What I'm about to say. Boys and girls, this is for you too. Now listen to me. I believe that this church, without even batting an eye, should support the Bo Schroyer family to the tune of at least $100 a month. Bo Schroyer family. Bo and Jackie and five kids. They're going to Angola, Africa. The whole family. He's given up a real estate business and going to Angola, Africa. He's going to need some support. And just think. If everybody in here, let's just say we had 100 people in here, okay? If everybody in here gave $1 a month, $1 a month, I think we could support the Schroer family to a tune of more than $100 a month. I'm just lowballing this thing. But I'm saying, I believe God is saying to every one of us, because he said in Malachi, test me and prove me. It's the only place in the Bible he says that. Test me and prove me and see if I won't pour out a blessing so great that you cannot contain it. I'll open the windows of heaven. And pour it out on you. Test me. And so in all of this stuff, we start small. We start small. Boys and girls, a dollar a month. Do you get an allowance? Some of you? Not your money. Might as well learn this now. Learn it at a young age. It's not your money. It's God's money. So, I want you to consider... 
what you would do for the Schroer family on a monthly basis. And we probably won't even start. They're not leaving until April, so it wouldn't even start. So we've got four months to stockpile some money before we even have to, have to start. Did I say that? Before we even get the opportunity to bless the Bo Schroer family. So that's challenge number one. Challenge number two. Does anybody know what a uh, windfall is? What is it? You receive something you didn't expect. If I understand correctly, and if all the promises come to pass, we're all going to receive something we didn't expect. We're all going to receive a minimum of $600, just poof, here you go, $600, $600, $600. And you're going to say, oh, boy, what I couldn't do with $600. Maybe you'll get $2,000. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how things are going to play out. The bottom line is it's a windfall, and some of us won't need a penny of it. And I'm going to suggest, just as a suggestion, this is between you and God. Tim knows nothing about this. You're the only ones that know. You and all the people watching all over the world. You're the only ones that know. I don't like this thing. But just Lonnie, what if everybody that got a stimulus check would apply 10% of it to the church mortgage? Would that make a difference? percent of it. The church mortgage. We have a mortgage. God wants to pay off the mortgage. He doesn't want us in debt. He wants to get rid of that debt. And he says, hmm, I have an idea. They're going to get some free money. This is God talking from heaven. They're going to get some free money. Maybe I can use part of that to help pay off that debt. So, just think about it, okay? Pray about it. Ask the Lord what he would have you do. And then, as Mother Mary said, whatsoever he saith unto you, that was pretty feeble. Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. it. Jesus, thank you for your presence here this morning. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you that you give us opportunities to grow in faith. Thank you that if we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly. If we sow bountifully, we'll reap bountifully. I believe you want your people to prosper. I believe you want this church to prosper. I believe this, this, this is about the Bo Schreier thing. This is just the very first seed that we're talking about. We do something already to Haiti, but I believe you're wanting to expand. And I pray that somehow the hearts of the people in this church would get it. And they trust in you with all their heart. They'd lean not to their own understanding. But they would determine in their hearts, I'm going to be liberal, I'm going to be generous, and I'm going to be cheerful in doing it. And I thank you for the miracles that we're going to uh, see and hear through this message in Jesus.